0: One of the most foundational music theory concepts that we really need to know as songwriters are chords. And the most foundational, fundamental chords to understand are triads. So in this episode, we're going to go back to basics and talk about the four types of triads and how they fit in major and minor keys. So you have all the information you need to both know about all four types of triads, but also know where you're going to use them, where to expect them in your songwriting in the context of keys. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Vidalup. I am pleased and honored to have you with us today. I'm always honored when anybody chooses to spend any amount of time they have listening to this podcast. That is greatly appreciated. I know that everybody's super busy, so I do not take that lightly. I appreciate every single one of you. Today, we're talking about triads because... I don't want to um, be that podcast, which I think is very typical, to sort of keep leveling up what you talk about and assume that everybody that's listening to the podcast uh, both A, doesn't need refreshers of more basic stuff, and we all can use refreshers of basic stuff, right? Uh, Sometimes it's good to go back to foundational concepts. But also, I don't want to assume that, you know, everybody listening has been listening since episode one. In fact, probably the vast majority of you haven't. So I want to make sure to cover this stuff. I don't want to let this stuff go. This is super important stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Also, because we are talking about music theory today... This would go great with my free guide on the music theory that songwriters need to know. So go check out that guide. The link will be in the description, but it's at songwritertheory.com slash musictheoryguide. Go check it out. It teaches the four pillars of music theory that I think songwriters need to know, which are keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions. So obviously we're diving specifically into one of those today, but if you want to learn all four of those, that will get you at least 90% of the way there for... Really understanding all the core stuff you have to know as a songwriter. Other stuff is helpful. Understanding things like sus chords and seventh chords and how to use those and inversions. All that stuff is great. Uh, But those four pillars will get you at least to being, if you don't know those things today, after you know those things, you will be significantly more efficient in your songwriting. Take it from me who started songwriting before I knew that stuff. And man... I wish I could, I, I mean, I was only in like ninth grade and I learned that stuff in like 10th and 11th grade. So I didn't have to go that long, uh, but <laughs> that was long enough. So don't be me, go learn it right away. Go check that out, link in the description. Let's talk about triads. So first of all, what are triads? The core answer is that triads are a chord made up of three notes that are stacked in thirds. Thirds is a reference to intervals, if you don't know. So a third is basically skipping over one note to the to the note after. So let's take the key of C, keep this really simple. When you think of going to the next note from, let's start with C, the next note is a D, right? So that would be a second, because a first is just hitting the same note. So a second is the next note in context of the key. We're not talking about major or minor or diminished or augmented intervals yet so your basic third would be an E from C because anything D would be some form of second and then anything E we're gonna be talking about thirds so in that case we know that our C major chord or C any form of C triad really let's just start with triads is Again, three notes stacked in thirds. So if we take our basic C triad, we don't use D because that would be a second. Our third is an E. And then we have F after that. We don't use that because that would be a second from our E that we now have. So then we go to our G, which is a third from E. So basically we have C, jump a third to E, jump another third to G. And that is the basis of a triad. Seen another way, take a note, skip over a note, go to the next one, skip over a note, go to the next one in the context of a key. So from from C to E is not just two notes um, because we're obviously skipping over C sharp, D, D sharp to get to E. So that being said, Let's talk about what a major third is as far as semitones, which semitones is really exactly how many notes, AKA how many frets you would move up on a guitar string. So a major third is four semitones, which basically means four of going to the very next note, agnostic of key. If this sounds complicated, don't worry. It will, by the end, this will get less complicated, but. So we're starting with a C. Going up four semitones would be C-sharp is that next note. That's one semitone. Another semitone to D. Another semitone up to what you could consider either D-sharp or E-flat. And then our fourth and final semitone to E. So that's our major third interval. A minor third would be three semitones, one less. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we've established at this point... That with any triad, with any triad, the main thing to know where you're starting is whatever the name of the triad is, whether it's C major, A minor, B diminished, or F augmented, because major, minor, diminished, and augmented are the four types of triads. Regardless of that, they're all going to be three notes stacked in thirds. And what we at least know as a starter for that is that whatever the name of the chord is, so let's take A to get away from C for a second, you know that you always skip over the next letter. So A, B, we skip over, go to C, and then from there we skip over D, the next letter, to get to E. And there is our triad, in that case a minor triad. But always, 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 a triad, which is the vast majority of chords you're going to see and use, is going to be three notes stacked in thirds. So as long as you know how, <laughs> you know the alphabet, and you know how to skip over a letter, which you all do, right? Of course you know that. Easy stuff. Then you know how, at least how to create the basis of every single triad. So the two most common triads that we're going to see are major and minor. Our major triads are going to consist of a major third and then a perfect fifth. So specifically, I'm talking about a major third from the first note and a perfect fifth from the first note. Because even though a triad is a chord of three notes stacked in thirds, when you have we go up a third, and then we go up another third. That last third is actually a fifth from our first. Makes sense? So to go back to our C major example, we have C, we skip, a. we go over, over a third to E, and then another third to G. But if we just take out that middle part, really what that is, is we have a fifth from C to G, from our first note to last note. So... Both major and minor chords are going to share that perfect fifth. They both have that. The only difference between a major and minor chord is the third. In the case of a major chord, the major chord has a major third in the middle, and a minor chord has a minor third in the middle. So major and minor chords are simply named after what the third is. They both have the perfect fifth. The only difference is that middle note. That third. So, in the case of major, you're gonna have a major third interval. In the case of minor, you're gonna have a minor third interval. So, a perfect fifth for what it's worth is seven semitones, always and forever. Which means, let's take C again. We start with C, go up seven semitones, means go to the next note, which on a piano would be go to, you know, whatever the next note is, whether sharp or natural. Right? So, whether a black key or a white key doesn't matter, whatever the next note is. And if you're on guitar, it's just going up one fret on the same string. That's what a semitone is, it's just the next note. So, in, th- in that case, perfect fifths are seven semitones. So, starting with C, we go up to C sharp, up to D, up to D sharp, up to E, up to F, up to F sharp, and then end on G. There's our perfect fifth. Seven semitones. Major thirds are four semitones. So to fill out that major chord, starting with E, or sorry, starting with C, C sharp, D, so that's two semitones so far. Add a third semitone to get to D sharp or E flat. And then our fourth semitone brings us up to E. So that gives us our major... C chord our C major chord. Now, again, that same rule is going to apply for all major chords. So let's take a, we start with an a. And our perfect fifth seven semitones is going to be an E. If you don't believe me, let's just go through it real real fast. We have a, we go to a sharp, B, C, C sharp, D, D sharp to C. Or sorry, C as the second time I've done that. So that's our fifth. If we go up four semitones, then we have our major third. So starting from A, A sharp, B, C, C sharp. So our A major chord is A, C sharp, and E. Whereas our A minor because it has three semitones for the minor third instead of four semitones for the major third. That means our C sharp, that is our third, gets flattened to just C natural, and then we get our A minor, but more on minor in a second. So major chords, where are they gonna happen naturally? Our major chords are gonna be our one, our four, and our five chords in major keys. So for example, let's take C major. Our one chord is, well, C major. Our two chord, not major, it's minor. Three chord, minor. Four chord is major, F major. G major, that's our five chord. Six chord, seven chord, neither of those are major. And that's gonna be true again in literally every key. Whatever your one chord, your four chord, and your five chord in every single major key, they will be major chords. And then in our natural minor keys, your three, six, and seven will be major. So let's take A major for instance. Our three chord would be C because our one chord is A. Our two chord would be based off of B because that's the next note. Our three chord would be based off of C, because that's our next note, which is now third. Your one chord is going to be based off of the name of the key. So A for A minor would be the one chord. B, which is B diminished in this case, would be the two chord. Build a chord off of C for the three chord. So we have our major there at three. And then six and seven would be... F and G because you may say, Joseph, those are the same as C major. Yes, that is because A minor is the relative major, or sorry, A minor is the relative minor of C major, which if you were here and listened to the modes podcasts, you would know that. Actually, you might know that anyway, because that is also uh, early music theory knowledge. If you didn't, Now you do. What does relative minor mean? The quick version is the relative minor key of a major key or the relative major key of a minor key. That just means they share the same notes. The only real difference is what note and what chord you treat as home base, as the one, as the center of gravity, if you will. In C major and A major, or sorry, C major and A minor have the same notes. The only difference is... A minor sounds the way it does because we treat a minor chord as sort of the center of gravity of the song. And in C major, we treat a major chord as the center of gravity. So major chords occur naturally as the one, four and five in major keys. So for instance, if you are in G major, your one chord is going to be, well, G major, your one chord, but also your four chord is going to be major. So G, A, B, C would be your fourth, right? Because A is two, B is three. That leaves C to be four. So you know you have a C major chord. And then D, so you're going to have, sorry, a D major chord as well in the key of G major. And then again, three, six, and seven in natural minor. So what about minor triads? The main difference between a major triad and minor triad, really the only difference, is the third, as we talked about, right? They both have perfect fifths between their first and their fifth note, which is seven semitones. The only difference is a major chord has a major third, which is four semitones, whereas a minor chord has a minor third, which is three semitones, so one less which is why often the way people look at major versus minor is they say simply flatten the third. So if you ever hear flatten the third, all that means when somebody says to flatten something is basically to go down one note, go down one semitone, right? So we have our C major chord, which has C, E, and G. If we go down to E flat, that would get us our minor chord. Or to do it the other way, which is going up three semitones from C. We have C, and then we go up one semitone to C sharp, up one semitone to D, and up our third semitone to D sharp. Now, why is it I called it E flat instead of C sharp? Well, that goes back to what we defined a triad as. A triad is three notes, making up a chord, stacked in thirds. C to D, sharp would not be a third because it's c to the very next letter note right c d we know we need to skip over d we need to get to e so the note can either be called d sharp because it's one higher than d or e flat because it's one lower than e But we would call it E-flat in this context in order to keep it true that we start with C, skip over D to get to an E, skip over F and F to get to a G. So we know we need to have, in order for it to be a triad, if it starts with C, it must be C, E something, and G something. So because of that, a flat third we would call a E-flat instead of a D-sharp. So where do minor chords occur naturally? Minor chords occur naturally as the 2, 3, and 6 in major keys. And then the 1, 4, and 5 in natural minor keys. Now you may notice, in natural minor keys, minor chords are the 1, 4, and 5 chords. The most foundational chords of all when writing a song usually. And in major keys... The 1, 4, and 5 are major, which, again, the 1, 4, and 5 tend to be the most commonly used chords in the context of a song, right? So let's say you're kind of new to all this, and you just, you know, have done guitar chords a lot. Maybe, you know, whether it's just playing campfire music or what, you've gotten the guitar out, and, you know, you've noticed, for example, that a lot of songs for guitar are in the key of G, right? So you may have seen a lot of songs where you've had to play G major and C major and D major. I don't know why I keep playing D minor. D major. Now you may notice that if we count G major, okay. And then we go A, B, so the B would be the third, right? Because A is second, B is third, C. Oh, so C major is the major four chord if we assume that this is in the key of G. And then D major would be the major five chord, right? So so if you're new to music theory, hopefully, and if you're a guitarist, hopefully that 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 sort of sparks some memories in your head of, oh, yeah, I do remember thinking, huh, G major, C major, and D major happen together pretty often. Or maybe if you did a song in the key of C, you may have noticed there's a lot of C major, F major, G major. And then you have an A minor, because that would be the six in the key of C major. But, minor chords. I just mentioned, offhand, that in C major, C major is the one, then the five is F major, G major, or I'm sorry, I think I said the five is F major, I meant to say the four is F major, the five is G major, and then I mentioned A minor, right? So if you've, as a guitarist, you've played a bunch of songs in C major, probably, it's one of the more common guitar keys, and you probably played a lot of A minor chords in your time. That is the sixth chord in the context of C major right so again we start with c what's the next one d e f g would be five and then six a a minor and we just mentioned that where minor chords naturally occur minor triads naturally occur are the two three and six in major chords or sorry major keys and the one, four, and five in minor keys. So, you may or may not be one of the people that have noticed or have heard the Axis of Awesome song that makes fun of all the songs that use the same chord progression. And that's the one, five, six, four. The one, five, six, four is the most made fun of chord progression of all time. So, for example, in the key of C, you would have C as the one. G A minor F major right and you may say oh that sounds really familiar to me yep it probably does <laughs> it probably does because it is used all the time so if it's familiar to you to be playing a song and it have C major G major And then A minor and then F major. Or maybe G major, D major, E minor, C major. That would be a one, five, six, four chord progression in first the key of C major, and then in G major. You'll notice those come up a lot. So the sixth chord, that minor six chord is the most common minor chord to use in the context of a major key. You can use a minor two. I like using a minor 2. Minor 3 is arguably my favorite chord of all. I almost, I've almost, i almost made a podcast literally just about my love of the minor 3 chord. But you may have noticed in keys, in the key of, say, C, C major, E minor chords don't come up that often in that key, whereas they do in G major. And in G major, an E minor chord would be the 6th. And that's tragic. We're not going to dive into that because we don't have time. But main thing to know, in the context of a major key, your minor chords are always going to be that 2, 3, and 6. So to go back to C major, C is our 1. That's going to be major. But our 2, which would be built off of D, we're going to have a D minor chord. And then our E would be our 3rd. And that is going to be another minor chord. And then A is our 6th. That's also going to be a minor chord. And that is the most commonly used. In fact, the third is probably the most uh, rare of the three. Although it shouldn't be. Going from a three to a four chord is a fantastic sound. Highly recommend you use it. All right. Let's hit diminished and augmented. Diminished is basically like a minor triad, but then doubling down on how minor it is. So... We established that both the major and minor have a perfect fifth right and then the only difference is a major has a major third and the minor has a minor third in the case of diminished and augmented the fifth is actually what changes because a diminished triad starts with the one in the flat three or the minor third like a minor chord the difference is the fifth in a minor chord we have a perfect fifth still even though we have the minor third in a diminished chord the fifth is actually made diminished instead of perfect which results in that sound which is yes fairly nasty so the difference between a perfect fifth and a diminished fifth is just one semitone a perfect fifth is seven semitones, a diminished fifth is six semitones. So seen another way, you can just flatten the fifth as well as flattening the third. So if you start with a C major chord, C, E, G, to make it minor, we flat the third, and then to make it diminished, we also flat the fifth. So in that way, we're sort of doubling down on its minorness, right? Because we are flattening both the third and the fifth to make it diminished. Now, in my opinion, this chord is completely worthless in major keys. So, for what it's worth, diminished chords occur naturally as the seven chord in major keys. So to go back to C major, our seven would be B. So we actually have a B minor chord. In the key of C major let's just count through it again C is the 1 D being the 2 E 3 F 4 G 5 A because the alphabet starts over after G right there's no there's no uh, wow I'm so used to music I can't immediately remember what letter is past G H right A B C D E F G H yes I'm one of those people that actually has to like go through the whole order There is no H note, right? So we go back to A, and then B is our 7th. So, our 7th chord in major is diminished. I highly recommend you not use it. (laughs) It doesn't sound good. It's hard to pull it off. Um, Which is why there's a whole mode that has a flat 7. If you listen to our modes episode, that actually is basically just there to be able to go from a 1 chord to a seven chord that actually sounds good because you're flattening the one, but we're not gonna dive too deep into that because that's getting next level theory, trying to keep it simple today. So diminished chords for what it's worth also occur naturally in the natural minor. And in that case, they are the two chord. So in A minor, we just go up to B and make our triad in the context of A minor. And we have a diminished chord. Again, I would argue diminished chords not super useful, even in minor songs, in my opinion. Doesn't mean it's a little easier though if you're doing like rock music in the context of a minor chord or sorry in a minor key, just because usually doing power chords and power chords are they leave out the third. So you just have this, which is still pretty gnarly. Uh, but it's not quite as as bad as that. Um, So it can be pulled off, but diminished chords not used super often. But at least now you know how to make them. Basically, you just flatten the third and fifth. So what's augmented? Augmented is like a major on steroids. So if you think, say, a major, C major, (laughs) to stick with that, to make it, Augmented, we have a major third, because we're doubling down on major in an augmented triad, essentially, whereas our... By the way, doubling down on major, that's not a technical thing. I just think it's an easy way to think of these things, um, because it doesn't really double down on major, because there's nothing major about something that's augmented, for what it's worth. But I just find it easy to think of it as far as like major versus minor because a lot of people understand major versus minor fairly easily so thinking of diminished as doubling down on it because you're flattening not just the third but also the fifth um, I just think it's a helpful way to think of it that's not an official thing though so back to C we have our C major so if we think of augmented as doubling down if you will on major of course we're going to keep the major third because we're doubling down on it So now instead of that perfect fifth, we're going to actually raise that. So we're going to actually have a G sharp instead of just a G, which is an augmented fifth. So to go through them all again, major is major third and perfect fifth. Augmented, we actually not only have that major third, but we increase the fifth from perfect, which is seven semitones to eight semitones, which is augmented to give that sound. Whereas, go back to a minor chord. If we just flatten the third, then we have minor. But if we also flatten the fifth, we have diminished. So if we go back to major versus augmented, an augmented triad is essentially the same as a major triad for the first and the third note, right? They both start with a major third. The only difference is the fifth, and that fifth is what the chord is named after, right? So we had a perfect fifth for a major chord, major triad, which, by the way, I'm using them interchangeably. That's because it's exactly the same. So whenever you hear C major chord or D minor chord, that's the same as a D minor triad, or a C major triad. Because triads are so intrinsic to what chords are that all of your main chords are triads. Right? Sus chords aren't triads. Uh, seventh chords are sort of triads uh, because it is built in thirds. It's just four of them instead of three of them. So triads and th- building chords in thirds is very foundational to harmony in general, chords in general. So when I use them interchangeably, that's intentional. An augmented triad, augmented chord is the same. Diminished, triad, or chord, same thing. So major has major third, but a perfect fifth. So as long as there's a perfect fifth, we're not naming the chord after the fifth, right? Because our major third our major chord is named after our major third, our minor chord is named after our minor chord, whereas the diminished chord is named after the fifth, right? Our diminished fifth, and it also has the minor third. Whereas augmented starts with the basis of a major chord, whereas a diminished starts with the basis of a minor chord, right? Our, ma- our augmented chord has our basis of a major third, but then instead of that perfect interval, we have our augmented interval, which is where the name comes from. For what it's worth, augmented chords don't occur naturally in any major key or natural minor key. Uh, It is the three chord naturally in a harmonic or melodic minor for what it's worth. But in major and natural minor, augmented chords do not occur naturally. So none of your one through seven chords are going to be augmented. So those are triads. We covered it. I know that was a lot, especially if music theory is new to you. If it was a review, hopefully that was helpful as well. It uh, was probably a little less uh, overwhelming, perhaps. But main takeaway here, I think if you feel a little overwhelmed and you're like, okay, can, can we boil this down to what's important to me? For the most part, the vast majority of chords that you're going to use, especially in songwriting, is just major and minor. Those are the two big ones. And I think from there, the main things to know is both major and minor have a perfect fifth from your first. Your first is always going to be, by the way, the name of the chord. So, for example, if you have B flat major as a chord, B flat is going to be the first. So to get to that perfect fifth, we just count seven semitones. And both major and minor is gonna have this, right? So let's take B flat major at first. Well, actually it doesn't matter. Right now we're just building the foundational concept of a major or minor triad from B flat. B would be one, two to C, three to C sharp, or really should be considered D flat because we're talking flats here. D, then D sharp or E flat, E, and then F. Right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So B flat to F would be the basis of our major or minor chord. Seven semitones, regardless of major or minor. The only difference between major or minor is whether it's a minor third or a major third. Let's start with major. That's four semitones, major third. So from B flat to B, C, C sharp, or D flat and then D. That's our B major chord. We have our major third, which is four semitones, and then our perfect fifth, which is seven semitones. And the only thing really to know here, right, is to make it minor, we either just, quote, flatten the third, which means bring the third down by one semitone or one note, which again, for a guitarist, literally means, you know, same finger on the same string, just go down by one fret. Right, so we went from this to this to make it minor which is really just again the perfect fifth is the same seven semitones minor third is three semitones instead of four so we just would count up three b flat count up one to b two to c and then three to c sharp which in this case we're going to call d flat because we're in a B triad, so we know we have to skip over C, which is the next letter, to a D. So we're gonna call it B flat, D flat, and then F. That's the main thing to know as far as major versus minor, what does it mean really? If you know your major chords, you just flatten the third to make it minor. Or if you wanna think of it in terms of semitones, how to build the whole thing, both major and minor have your perfect fifth, which is seven semitones, AKA, From your first note you just go up seven notes or seven frets for instance on a guitar Uh, obviously you wouldn't actually build it that way because your fingers probably can't stretch that far i certainly would think that would be true for anybody um if they can though super cool that's awesome (laughs) you must be a really good guitarist or at least you have the capability of being one Um, and then the only difference is the third four semitones for major three four minor i find it easy to remember just thinking of like even and major, so like even being positive, at least for me, is easy to remember, whereas 3 seems more minor. That doesn't apply to basically anything else, but if it helps you remember between major and minor, there you go. 4 seems like a more perfect number, it's divisible by 2 than 3. And then the other thing to know is in a major key, so C major, G major, you know, B flat major, doesn't matter which one, no matter what major key... Your 1, your 4, and your 5 chords are all going to be major in a, in a major key. And your 2, 3, and 6, which are basically all the other chords except for the 7, are going to be minor in your major key. And then those two things almost reverse when we're talking about minor keys. In the context of minor key... Your 1, 4, and 5, instead of being major like they would be in a major key, are now going to be minor. So whether you're major or minor, the 1, 4, or 5 chords are going to be the same as what the name of the key is. So if it's C major, then your 1, 4, and 5 will be major. If it's C minor, then your 1, 4, and 5 will be minor. In the case of a major key, your 3, 6, and 2 will be minor, and in a minor key, our 3, 6, and 7 will be major chords. Those are the main things to know. Most of us are going to write most of our music in major keys. So what's the takeaway? Your 1, 4, and 5 are going to be major. Your 2, 3, and 6 are going to be minor. And your 7 is going to be diminished, and you probably shouldn't use it. So let's take key of C major. Would be built off of, well, C major would be the 1, right? So the 2... We know two is gonna be minor, so we have D minor. Three, which again, just go up, we're just going up by one letter now, right? C, D, E, we're just doing the alphabet. That's all we're doing. So E is the three chord, which means it's gonna be minor again. And then our four chord in a major key is major again. So F major, our five chord is major, so G major. Our sixth chord is minor again. Right, so A minor. And then our seven, which we generally shouldn't use, specifically in a major key, is going to be diminished. So we have our B diminished in the context of C major. So hopefully that was helpful to you. I know it was a lot. If you feel like you only absorbed parts of that Great thing you can do is download the guide I mentioned before, link in the description. It has the four pillars. It teaches this stuff and is in a written document so that you can like look at it and study it and see it instead of just talking about it, which I think is extra helpful. This is really foundational to starting to learn how to improvise in a way that, for example, you could just play music for three hours straight, making it up off the top of your head and actually sounding good. these basics of music theory is how you learn that, right? You you learn by knowing, hey, let's say I'm improvising in the key of D major. So I know in the context of D major, I know that my main foundational chords are going to be D major, which is my one chord. And then I'm going to have G major, which is my major four chord. And then I'm going to have A major as my major five chord. I know my main minor chord is going to be a B minor because that's my minor 6 chord, but I also know that I have access to an E minor chord as well as an F sharp minor chord because I also know in the context of the key of D major that I have an F sharp and a C sharp, so I know that my 3 chord is not just going to be built off of a regular F, but rather it will be built off of an F sharp. If everything I just said is foreign to you, that guide will teach you those things. Go grab it. It's at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. I hope this was helpful to you. I do try to be helpful every single week. I know that not every episode is going to be equally helpful. I know that some of you are in different positions, right? So, So some of you might have been thinking, oh my gosh. I'm glad you went back to basics because I forgot a few things or I didn't know any of what you just said. And in fact, I'm kind of overwhelmed by it. Right. And then some of you might have rolled your eyes and about halfway through, you're like, I know all this because I've been listening to the pod for a while or I watched some of your videos before. Or you just already knew this stuff. So regardless where you were, hopefully it was helpful to you. Thank you to all of you who have been kind enough to leave Kind Reviews on iTunes or Spotify, which, again, by the way, Spotify now has reviews. If you haven't and you have been helped by this podcast, something that you can do to help me out is simply by going and leaving a Kind Review. Had a hater recently bring the rating down to like a 4.5. It had been north of 4.5 for basically all time. I think it's always basically been like 4.6+. plus. If we can get it back there, that would be awesome. So if you feel like you can give this five stars, now is your time to go and bring that rating back up. I do appreciate that. Uh, Of course, the higher the rating, the more people will give this podcast a chance, the longer I have to get better at doing this, better at helping you, um, which, hey, hopefully uh, we can be doing this for a long time. I'm passionate about helping other people with songwriting. I'm passionate about songwriting. Hopefully you can tell that. Uh, based on the fact that I've made this for so long. And hopefully you get that when I uh, talk to you in podcasts. But regardless, I appreciate you just for being a listener, for giving this podcast a chance today. Go out and songwrite this week. If this is your second podcast in a row that you've listened to and you haven't done any songwriting, especially if you're live with us, meaning you know, you're know you not catching up on podcasts or anything, but you, know, you, you actually listen to it weekly, uh, if you've gone a week without songwriting, make sure to go out and songwrite. Don't listen to the next episode until you've done some songwriting, because look, of course I think this podcast is gonna help you, that's my purpose here, but it's not gonna help you if you don't actually go out and use it. And the only thing that will help you more than learning is doing. So it's important to learn, but it's important to then go put it into practice. And you can listen to every single one of my podcasts and every single one of the videos I put out, and like five other songwriting content creators. If you don't actually go songwrite, it's all going to be for nothing. If you're scared of songwriting or scared of not being good enough yet, it doesn't matter. Just go do it. You can do it. Even if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to, go work on music. Go do it. You gotta. You gotta start. And don't listen to the next episode until you at least do 15 minutes of songwriting. If you want a little quick cheat, and if this is literally your first episode, here's my little help. Write a song, commit to writing it in the key of C major, okay? Because it's the easiest one, especially if you're a pianist, but it's also a good key for guitarists. And probably 99% of us are one of those two things. uh, Or both. And in that case, take C major. What you learned today, right, is your 1, 4, and 5 are going to be major chords. So that means your C major chord. That's your 1 chord. So there's a chord to build off of. F. And then G are also going to be major. So in the context of your key of C song, all of the notes you should use are all, if you're a pianist, all the white keys. Right? Just keep it super simple. No, no sharps or flats. So C, D, E, F, G, A, B. Back to C. And then your one chord, C major, four chord, F major, five chord, G major. Build most of your song off of that. Maybe throw in your six minor chord, right? Which is going to be A minor. And then if you can throw in at least one of your minor two or minor three chord, which is going to be D minor or E minor, that would be amazing. My recommendation going from a three chord to a four chord sounds great. So for example, if you do like C, and then you have a A minor, and then you go to E minor, which is gonna be your three chord in the context of C major. And then you go up to that four chord, sounds great. I really love that sound, hopefully you like it too. But anyway, go give it a shot. There's my little cheat sheet if this is the first thing you've listened to. Go write a song with that information. Again, you wanna build it off of C major, F major, G major, all the white keys, no sharps or flats. Super simple. Thanks for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, and hopefully I'll talk to you in the next one.